0: What's up guys, this is a podcast in a car talking about absolutely nothing. I uh, wanted to be 100% transparent with y'all, there's a reason I haven't posted anything or put anything up in a while and I wanted to bring that to light here today. The last time I posted was in December and it was shortly after that I began dealing with things that had happened in August, shortly before December. And I didn't mention it in my last podcast because I was, I guess, not acceptant of it. I was distracting Mm -hmm. myself and keeping myself busy as to not deal with it. And the more I put it away and try to block it out of my mind, the more that it just kind of took over my life. So I wanted to explain um, my experience and share and hopefully... You, the viewers, will be able to learn and maybe take something away from this. So we got to set the clock back to August of 2020. And I'm going through fire school. I've been grinding it out all summer. I basically didn't have a summer. I uh, essentially was going to work five days. Well, let me rephrase that. I was at school for five days out of the week. And then working the other two, and when I say working, I mean working two jobs on those two days. So, those two days out of the week, I was working essentially like twelve-hour days uh, between uh, both jobs, in order to hit a you know a part-time you know wage, in order to continue to pay child support and be the father that I needed to be for my child. So there were a couple friends that had decided that we were going to go out, you know, because I'd wanted to take a day, just one evening to go out on the lake. That was, you know, there's several in the Grayson County area, but I wanted to take some time to go out there and just, you know, relax, just to unwind for a little bit and reset. That way I could finish out the fire school year strong because I'd already been in there for a month and a half and we were supposed to be going for like another two well um august 16th was the day it was a sunday and we actually didn't get out to the lake because for those of you that are in the dallas area denton fort worth plano and the metroplex in texas to the north west very slightly maybe a little more just north of denton um, there's a lake called Ray Roberts, it's around Pilot Point, Collinsville, um, it's a pretty, pretty large lake, and I believe we were on the southern, the furthest southern eastern part of the lake, I don't really know how to describe it, but we were in that general area, um, we get out to the lake, and there were a couple guys there, and then, like, three girls. You know, I know one of the girls, but I don't know any of the guys. And so, I, you know, usually I give it a moment to kind of feel out the, the, uh, the room and kind of see what kind of crowd, you know, I've, uh, surrounded myself with. And before I could really make any sort of judgment or assumption, um, the only guy that approached me and introduced himself, he was wearing a, uh, He's wearing Ray-Bans, a backwards hat, some Birkenstocks, and I want to say they were either, I think they were either a pink or maybe even, like, white pattern, I'm not sure, but wearing swim trunks of some sort with some sort of tropical design on them. (laughs) And he approached, you know, he's about six foot something, he approached me, held out his hand and said, hi, I'm Colin, Colin Dean. And you know, he was one of those guys were very down to earth, very genuine and uh, very friendly. Um, When you first meet somebody, you're not supposed to talk about three things and that's politics, how much money you make and religion. During the four hours or so of us being out on the lake (laughs) that August, Uh, I think me and Colin pretty much touched on about every single one of those topics. We joked around, we uh, ended up driving out to this little cove on the lake, and it's a pretty popular cove, people go there, kind of hang out, you know, it's a little bit shallow so you can get out, you know, hang out with all the other boats that are there, whatever. Well, we had noticed about three hours in, four hours in, that there was a storm approaching to the north, and... There were a few boats that started to head back, but there were also some that stayed, and the reason why they stayed was it, it didn't say that it was supposed to get that bad on the lake. Well as it turns out we checked the phone a few minutes later, checked the um radar and it pretty much said that we were gonna get slammed. So it did a complete three sixty on what the weather was supposed to do, and so we decided well shit, we gotta head back. So we all gathered up our stuff. We, I got into the pontoon and Colin Dean got on the jet ski and we started, everybody started heading back. There's like seven people total, something like that. Well, on the way back, Colin was riding the jet ski and I don't even remember how it happened the first time, but he essentially fell off the first time on the jet ski. It took him a little bit to get back on and then he continued. Uh, the second time he fell off, I don't remember what he was doing, he was either riding across the wake and going really fast, and then lost it, I I couldn't, I can't remember exactly what happened, all I know is that he lost it a second time after jumping awake. wake, and, you know, we've had to stop again and wait for him to get back on, well, he was slow to get on, and he was proclaiming, somebody else can ride this, so me, I know I'm a natural, naturally good swimmer, so I didn't even think about putting on a life jacket. And I just jumped in to go help him before he even requested that. So we over to the jet ski. And Colin says, uh, when do y'all take it back? So me and my friend, we looked at each other and we both got on the jet ski. and um, We fell off one time getting on because some dude, another guy from the boat, jumped in and like tried to quote-unquote help. But all he did was just rock the freaking jet ski. So... That was stupid, but we fell off, we got back on again. And then when we got on, Colin said, well, I was like, well, where's the key? And Colin said, it's on my life jacket. So he started fiddling with it for a little bit. And then eventually he just got tired of it and just took off the entire life jacket, handed it to me. I put it on. We got on the jet ski and I started to put it in the ignition. And then we toppled over again, you know, like some, like the waves started getting really bad and so I remember falling in the water and you know it getting quiet when you when you dive into water how it has that like rushing sound of the water blowing past your ears I remember coming to the surface and the guy that had jumped in to quote-unquote help was still hanging on to the jet ski the jet ski was being pushed towards the land the wind had picked up significantly uh it had started drizzling rain And Colin, I looked over my right shoulder and saw Colin trying to swim back to the boat. I remember looking, trying to look behind me and like six foot waves crashing over me. And then the only option I had was to face away from the waves in order to not get, you know, take a face full of water every so often, every couple seconds when the waves approached us. So it was a lot of commotion, a lot of people yelling back and forth. Um, I couldn't really tell what was going on behind me with Colin in the pontoon. I just was watching the jet ski and the guy that was hanging on to it floating towards this, it's like a bridge, but it's like a dam in a way with like rocks along the sides of it. Um, He was essentially heading in that direction. The wind was pushing him and the jet ski further and further away from us. He's like 200 yards at this point, and um, I remember just with everything, just trying to stay afloat on top of the water. Anytime I felt a wave lifting me up slightly, I just kicked as hard as I could upwards in order to not be, you know, overtaken by the waves that were coming up behind us. Finally we heard the pontoon come back around the left side of us. And I got my friend on, and then I got on. And I assumed that Colin was on as well. As soon as I entered, one of the guys um, began hysterically screaming, we can't find Colin, we can't find Colin. And I realized that that moment that the situation we were in was an emergency how before it was kind of like, okay, we need to get out of here. Now it is at a point where we can't find somebody. We have somebody else floating away and we ourselves are stuck in the storm. The winds that day, I looked it up a couple weeks later, the winds that day on the lake had hit a 65 mile an hour on the surface, 65 mile an hour winds. So you can imagine the force and the pressure of everything that had happened. It's like the hand of God just completely covered that lake. And um, once he proclaimed that we couldn't find Colin, he began to try to start the engine. The engine had died or been flooded, one of the two. Within two minutes, the boat had been pushed by the wind Into the same rock bridge, uh, dam like structure uh, that the sea dew had been pushed towards. And we were, you know, on a, we were tilted at an angle because we had slammed up against the rocks. And we were angled with the, if you're facing, if you're facing the front of the boat from the back, we were tilted to the right. So the waves were coming in from the right and just like overtaking the sides of the boat because it was so much lower than the left side because it had crashed up on the rocks and it was at that moment i told everybody there was two guys that were frantically putting on life jackets and were thinking about jumping in the water to go swim 200 yards against the wind and the waves to go try to find colin these guys were extremely intoxicated so i pretty much looked at them in the eyes and told them that their lives was not worth the risk, that they just needed to get off the boat. And hopefully, and everyone and everyone was saying, well, maybe he got to shore, maybe he swam to shore. This is what everybody... And it, keep in mind, while all this is going on, people are yelling, they're being frantic. We called, not, you know, one of them called 911. There's so much stuff going on. And so I told everybody to get off the boat and to just try to climb the rocks up to the highway. So I grabbed as much stuff as I could. I forgot a couple items, and, uh, including my keys. And but I grabbed eight, eight or nine bags and got off the boat. Um, I made it about halfway up the rocks and I slipped and kind of I cut my leg. And I remember looking like I didn't fall, but I like swung around because I had was carrying the bags. So when I slipped, I just kind of like swung around. And ended up just doing like a 360 or a 180 and facing the lake and kind of just sitting down the rocks. That way I, you know, I didn't just like completely fall. And I remember turning around and looking because I was halfway up the, the dam. And I remember looking and just seeing, it was like looking back into an abyss that, you know, nothing could have survived. And that feeling, the... It was almost like a dream, like walking up those rocks and getting into some stranger's car who has stopped. Um, Two other people got in with me, and I remember I just like—I don't know—I yelled, I—I <laughs> I screamed, I punched the back of the seat, I did so many things, um, because I was frustrated that like that situation could have totally been avoided, and yet it happened. So we ended up having to get in an ambulance and sitting there for about two hours, an hour and a half maybe, while the fire department and the park rangers attempted to see if they could uh, go into the water. Well, basically, after those two hours, they declared that they couldn't and that they were going to have to wait because there were several other people besides our group that were stuck on the lake as well. So it wasn't just us stuck out there. There were several, several people. Um... And I think, I don't think anything really hit me as far as what happened uh, until I looked down and I saw the life jacket that he had given me. And that's when it hit me. The There is an unsurpassable amount of guilt that has followed me since then. You know, why, even though I was a good swimmer, why didn't I just put a life jacket on before I went in? You know, I've I've kept myself up at nights questioning these things. And the reality is, is that there's so many what ifs that we're never going to be able to fix it. Um, I've become very close with Colin's family. In fact, I began talking to his cousin, um, Ashlyn. (laughs) I actually worked with her. I didn't even know that her and Colin were cousins. And uh, so working with her, I I didn't really talk to anybody at work because I wasn't aware of Ashlyn being Colin's cousin. And um, But we eventually began to talk to each other and kind of she began to share her stories of Colin and show me what a beautiful life he lived. Um, I think that was the hardest part for me was seeing that family and relating it to my family and thinking, you know, what if that had been me? Should that have been me? Should I be the one that is at the bottom of that that was at the bottom of that? Like, all these thoughts are going through my head. But yet she calmed every single one of them down. And she has continued to help me become the person that God intended me to be and she's helped me forgive myself for the things that happened that day. I can't tell you how many times I've stayed awake and just like thought over and over again about what would happen or like driving randomly and hearing something and just like it triggering a flashback to waves, just you going under the water. And like, there's so many things that are associated with that day. And I'm so, so sorry about everything that happened. There's no amount of pain that I would wish this on anybody. To be able to meet somebody who's actually cool, a genuine guy, get to know them for four hours, and then to have them taken away like that in front of you. It uh, it leaves a toll. But something I've learned from this is never take anything for granted. Don't take a single day for granted because before you know it, your life is over. You know, like there are so many things that can happen and it's not gonna stop them you playing the safe card will not stop those things from happening. Everybody dies. Everybody has a life to live, so go and live it. That's the lesson I essentially had to learn. Life is short, so go live it the way that God intended us to live it. I'm sorry that this podcast wasn't a very happy one. I just simply wanted to share why I hadn't posted in a while was because uh, around January, I just, I don't know, I began to get uh, essentially uh, remorseful and regretful, and I began to get in my head a lot and just kind of doubted everything I was doing, but with the help and love of Ashlyn, I've uh, forgiven myself a little bit. It's going to be a while before I think I fully forgive myself and um, am able to just simply talk about this without having any sort of emotional like uh, uh, guilt, I guess. But I wanted to share with y'all and just tell y'all that I'm sorry for being absent but i was dealing with things and i'm going to continue to push forward i'm sure colin would want everybody to do that and i'm going to try to give everybody any piece of advice that can help them and just help people grow as individuals um you know teach them to pray to god and just hope for the best like we we cannot control our destinies you know We can influence it and we can pray and hope, but at the end of the day, you know, you're going to be put on this earth to do what God intended you to do, you know? So go out there and live your life and don't ever, don't ever take anything for granted because that's what tombstones are made of.